The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how in-content advertising has emerged as a powerful tool for reaching engaged audiences. Joining us is Stefan Berenger, who is the CEO of Myriad, which is an in-content advertising platform built by AI and built on Academy Award-winning entertainment technology that enables builders and creators of brands to engage with audiences at new levels of relevance and impact. Yesterday, Stefan and I talked about in-content advertising and streaming, and today we're going to continue the conversation by talking about virtual product placement. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Stefan Berenger, the CEO of Myriad. Stefan, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Good to be back. Thank you. Excited to have you back and excited to continue our conversation where yesterday we talked about what in-content advertising and streaming is, and it is not just an interruption for an advertisement. It is product placement built into some sort of media, but basically using a digital format where you not only can minimize the amount of time, lead time that you need to build your product into specific content, you can also change your product placement around. You mentioned sometimes it's a spokesperson on a show holding up a product, and sometimes it's the equivalent of a billboard behind them where they're just basically showing the advertisement but not necessarily engaging with the product. Talk to me a little bit about the notion of virtual product placement. You don't actually have the physical Pepsi can in the person's hand. You're actually able to change the product placement over time. Talk to me about the technology and what a virtual product placement really is. Clearly, there's a huge difference in terms of we don't put the can into the hand of the actor or the actress. That's not what we do. So what we do, we place the product somewhere in the environment, nearby, whatever. And what it does, it suggests basically consumption and product use the way we do it. That's always the case. It also creates the association between the context, the person, the actor, etc. Now, the way it's done is ultimately very sophisticated visual effects technology that we use to analyze the content where we need to render something in and then actually run the rendering process. So, you know, without going into too many details, 
This is about analyzing. When you, when you watch a video, obviously there's motion, there's colors, there's granularity, there's all kinds of facets to it. And you need to map all this out in all its dimensions to be able to take, if you will, an alien visual, which effectively is the virtual product, and to insert that in a way that the human eye would not realize this has been done artificially. Okay. I used the example of the show Billions. Have you seen Billions? No, I haven't seen it. I don't honestly know how to describe Billions. It's a show about people with a lot of money and they do highfalutin things and they're always competitive with each other because apparently billionaires like to fight with other billionaires. But the reason why I bring up the show, and I mentioned this yesterday, is there's some sort of association with Billions where they have a relationship with a liquor distributor. They've got Heineken whenever they go out to a bar that they're drinking or when they sit down and they're having a glass of whiskey. It's always some sort of a Michter's product. Now, they are engaging with the product. The actors are holding the glass of Heineken. They are putting it to their face and they are drinking it. Is the virtual product placement that your company does replacing the Heineken can with a Michelob Ultra bottle? Or is it when they're in their bathroom, you can place a product on the shelf behind them that is not necessarily being engaged with? Like, what's the level of artificial placement that you're able to actually pull off? We can do pretty much all of these things that you've just mentioned. We can do the bathroom trick, but we've occasionally also replaced products that were originally in the content and in use by another product. Because oftentimes what happens is a production is shot in Mexico and there's a certain brand that was paying for it, but now there's a release in Spain, for instance, or somewhere, or not necessarily a Spanish-speaking language market somewhere else. And the producer would be interested in re-monetizing, but just with a different brand. So we also do these cleaning jobs, if you will, to clear the field and make ultimately the content available again for different insertions. So in a way, there's not really a limit to what you can do. I'd say, though, for the sake of scalability, of course, you will have certain standards that you aim for. And the cleaning job is a job that requires quite some time to get done. So it's not necessarily a scalable approach. So you're telling me the guys from Billions might have actually been drinking Bud Light, but there's an artificial intelligence that is putting Heineken in their hand? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. Okay. Not one of your clients. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about the amount of product placement that we're actually being exposed to when we're watching our streaming television. Is it different on Netflix than Disney than linear TV? This is very difficult to answer because, A, I'm not watching all the content every day, as you would imagine. You're not just sitting around watching TV? That was your guess. But guess what? I'm disappointing you now. No, I don't. So very difficult. And there's obviously no statistics. But let's just say that, A, product placement has always been around. And increasingly, I think we're all seeing virtual product placement coming into the field. And it's going to be more and more. It will never be an excessive use of it because then we will be alienating the viewers. And that's not the purpose of the whole idea. But to quantify it for you is really, really difficult. Eventually, I'll switch on a virtual DVR and do the job for you. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. 
Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. I was working consulting a drone company who was talking to me about how much drone footage is used in movies. And once somebody pointed out to me, it's like every time you see an overhead shot, you can very clearly see that that footage was shot by a drone. Yeah. So I started watching movies with my wife and be like, oh, that was shot by a drone. That was shot by a drone. That was shot by... And she would get so irritated. She's like, I know, Ben, there's a camera floating in the sky that helps shoot this movie. Can we just watch the damn film? <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years later, now I'm learning more about product placement and I'm constantly saying to her, that was a paid placement, <laughs> right? And it's crazy to think about how much we're being advertised to when we're just sitting around watching the television and subconsciously being exposed to all sorts of different products and their use cases. Which brings me really to my last question for today is some of the ethics and morality around this type of in-product placement. In podcasting, we very clearly need to say, or at least we should, who our sponsors are. You're not paying to be here. You're an invited guest, and we're excited to have you on our show. But we occasionally have people that are paying to create advertorial content, and we very clearly say that they are sponsors of the podcast. When I'm watching Billions, no one's telling me Heineken's paying for that placement. No one's telling me that I'm being exposed to a Michter's ad. It is just something that's built into the content. What are the rules for product placement to make sure that people know that they are essentially being advertised to, but it's not being positioned as advertising? So the rules from a global perspective really differ from market to market or country to country. Even within what you'd call the EU, there's different shades of regulations. So in general, what tends to happen in linear television is that there is a disclaimer at the beginning or at the end that says this show is being sponsored by some advertisers. And at times it's at the end that there's the disclaimer that says this show has been sponsored. The credits that are scrolling by too fast for you to read. Yeah, well, that happens. But I've seen in many countries in Europe, for instance, it comes up front. So you just literally see not only this content will have strong language and there might be flashing lights and this and that and this and that, but eventually also it has been sponsored or there's advertisers. So that to me feels like the most logical way to ultimately put this across. 
ethically, I'm not sure if there's a ethical question we need to answer ourselves because ultimately it's transparent. There's obviously a brand in there. The assumption in our commercial world has to be, I think, it's been paid for by somebody. It makes no difference, frankly. So there's nothing happening. There's nothing shady if you see a box of cereals on a kitchen table. Was the FCC, who's responsible for regulating, at least in the United States, responsible for regulating communications and basically sets the rules for how you can and can't advertise. And it seems like this is one of the places where it's not very clear. I don't think it's harmful, but it is interesting to think that in Facebook, you need to call out what's a sponsored placement. Google has to call out what a sponsored placement is within their search results. And this is essentially streaming television and content. And maybe people are doing it, but probably in a format where nobody's really paying attention. It seems like this is one of the understated ways of advertising without coming off as an advertiser is putting your products in content, which great for marketers and, and interesting to think that this channel is different than most other more upfront marketing channels. In a way, you're right. In a way, you're not. You're right as such as it's definitely a new tool in your arsenal that is emerging and gives advertisers a real opportunity to create differentiation again, which I always find very, very fascinating when you think about advertising where we are today. It's very tough. There's so much noise and so much clutter to really cut through as a brand. It's getting really, really difficult. And this form of new virtual placement or in-content advertising really gives you the possibility to place your brand in the context of office kitchen. And if you happen to be a coffee brand, and now you're establishing yourself as the coffee brand for X and that audiences or environments. So there's new opportunities for advertisers. Coming back to the ethical or regulatory question, I guess we need to play by the rules like product placement at the end of the day, because what's the difference, right? If you put a real pack of cereals on the kitchen table, I know why I'm talking about cereals, by the way, but if I put that on the table as a 3D object and a carton, or if it's ultimately some software that has done it, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, at the end of the day, product placement is not necessarily a new concept. There you go. It goes back as long as we've had some sort of film or any sort of imagery that we're displaying. But this notion of virtual product placement where you don't actually have physical products in hands and on set means that, hey, maybe my dream can come true where the next time you see Top Gun and Tom Cruise is flying around, there's an I hear everything bumper sticker on the back of his plane. <laughs> I think that's going to cost more than I could probably pay. But either way, Stefan, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and telling us a little bit about your channel of advertising. Sure. Thank you. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Stefan Berenger, the CEO of Myriad. If you'd like to get in touch with Stefan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Stefan Berenger. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-B-E-R-I-N-G-E-R. -E -E or you could visit his company's website, which is myriad.com, M-I-R-R-I-A-D.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even sign up to be our next guest speaker on the Martech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle on LinkedIn is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.